be feeling that lunch tomorrow. Oh, that was hearty. That was really, really hearty. It was something I was supposed to do today after lunch. At least I think it was lunch. Yeah, it was lunch. Oh, yeah, the show. That's right. Got to record the show. All right, well, might as well get everything all set up and good to go. Make sure nothing's on fire. Okay, wait a Something's off. Is that mic on? Check. Check it. Testing. Test check one. Check one, two. Testing. Test. It's on. Okay. So the microphone is left on. I hope nothing too weird got caught by that. Note to self, make sure the mic gets turned off after the show. Ugh, anyway, the, the show. Anyway, everybody, hello and welcome back to Recording in Progress, the podcast with the variety that you crave. On today's episode, we're getting serious. We're getting educational. And you're going to learn something today. Now, you're probably tuning in and wondering, why are you attempting something more serious on only the second episode? Well, you know what? Why not? You come here for variety, and variety is what I shall deliver to you. Roll theme! Yeah, I know you're expecting a theme song, but, uh, yeah, it's nowhere to be found. Yeah, so... Yeah, just get back to the show. Okay, then. Alright, strap yourselves in, everyone. We are on the air. In today's episode, it's time to take a good look at the business world. Oh, oh yeah. Time to be a serious, mature person and talk business, the economy, and how not to run your business. Hmm. We're going to look at examples given to us by tech giants and the entertainment industry. <laughs> That's right, everyone. It's time to get critical. It's time to put on a serious face. Some nice formal wear. And enjoy a nice hot cup of cheap coffee as we tear into the world of business controversy. This is going to get wild. This is going to get a little, a little freaky as we go into how to ruin your business in three easy steps. Step one, making your customers hate you. An easy way to ruin your business and its reputation is to go full-blown anti-consumer on possible customers. To give a very clear example, we looked at video game giant Nintendo for further clarity on the topic of anti-consumerism. Over the past year or so, as of the recording of this show, Nintendo has proven themselves as the enemy of its customers and even its fans. Now, I know people have driven this topic into the ground with how much it's been talked about in the past year-ish. We could talk about how Nintendo still hasn't addressed very clear hardware issues with the Switch's Joy-Con controllers as reports of drifting joysticks, which, for those who don't know, basically means the controller doesn't work like it should, are still coming in. We could bring up Nintendo forcing fan games and modded games of theirs to be cancelled, deleted, and forced off the face of the earth. Examples like AM2R, a remake of the classic Metroid 2, and Project M have been highly published cases of these cease and desist orders from Nintendo. 
They'll shut down ROM sites with any Nintendo games on them, even if gotten legally. Because they're guarding their games that they themselves aren't publishing again anytime soon. Fans and customers aren't benefiting at all from Nintendo's valiant efforts to shut down their own communities from enjoying their games however they can. Because let's be honest, not all of us speak fluent we have money. Oh, but, you know, just the rest of the games, it doesn't compare to what they do to the community surrounding Super Smash Brothers, a crossover platform fighter made by Nintendo and HAL Laboratories, a development studio owned by Nintendo. This community has been facing their wrath for well over a decade, nearing 15 years by now. Since some people within these communities are able to make this series one of the more interesting examples of an eSport, entirely out of their own pockets. It started back in the days of Major League Gaming in the early 2000s, the new millennium. When Super Smash Bros. Melee, released in 2001 on the Nintendo GameCube, became one of the most popular games on the MLG circuit, reaching its peak around 2004 to 2005. Yeah, it goes back pretty far. Melee was dropped from the circuit in 2006, allegedly because Nintendo pressured MLG to drop the game. Same with Brawl tournaments popping up in MLG in 2010. And you're probably thinking to yourselves, wait a sec, Smash is an MLG? Well, it was, yeah. It's pretty cool stuff. It's like the really early days of Smash Bros. right there. And now these days, because of this apparent efforts to shut down competitive Smash, most of these tournaments are independently run. You know, people paying out of their own pockets, setting up their own tournaments at convention centers, restaurants, people's houses. It's interesting to see, but I might just go into that some other time. It's a very, very sad issue to talk about. To sum up the next decade of Smash competitive history in a few sentences is going to be hard. But I'm going to try. <clears throat> Melee got to EVO 2013 due to a charity donation that was started by EVO to get the ninth game from EVO picked out. Melee won this by a long shot. The people wanted to see Melee back. It almost got shut down by Nintendo but was overturned by Community Backlash because the people wanted Melee. And so the people got the Melee. Project M, a modded version of Smash Bros. Brawl on the Wii, shut down the streaming of its tournaments due to pressure from Twitch and possibly Nintendo. Smash 4 came and went. Nothing's enough said about Smash 4. But in 2020, you know, just last year as of the recording of this podcast, these are some of the one of the bigger instances of Nintendo decided to, you know, throw down with the Smash community because they're just trying to play their game, man. In 2020, more Melee tournaments were shut down. The big example being a tournament called The Big House 10. It was shut down due to committing both cardinal sins to Nintendo's eyes of playing an emulated version of Melee modified to be played online. I make the jokes, but, you know, it's very sad to see these big tournaments getting canceled because, you know, as people are playing these modded and emulated versions of Melee, in order to play online due to, you know, big news of the coronavirus shutting down the world, basically. 
Melee players are still trying to play their beloved game. Kudos to them. But Nintendo shut it down because of these factors. And everyone got mad. And then it gets worse when a Nintendo-ran Splatoon 2 tournament, one of their bigger games that they're given more of their time for, the streams were taken down for the finals due to teams taking stand with Melee players. Because they're like, dog, just let the Melee players play their game, man. To make a long story short, Nintendo would rather cancel and shut down Smash tournaments than just remaining indifferent to them. Very sad stuff. I don't like seeing it. <sighs> okay, I took a little bit too long just talking about Nintendo. In conclusion, Nintendo's been very anti-consumer in the past, honestly, like five, four or five years by now. <clears throat> okay, anyway, let's move on to the next step in the process of ruining your business. Step two, make your employees hate you. All right, going into step two, I'm going to give a little warning. This is going to get into some heavy stuff. Because on the topic of mistreating employees, it's going to get kind of brutal. I'm going to give a couple of examples coming in the form of tech? Pretty sure tech? Either that or a world domination conglomerate. Tech domination conglomerate Amazon and gaming studio Activision Blizzard Entertainment. You know what? We're going to look at Activision Blizzard first before tackling the laundry list of indecency that is Amazon. First off, what is Activision Blizzard, to those who may not know? The company's Activision, known for iconic franchises like Guitar Hero, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and the Call of Duty series, and Blizzard, known for games like World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, and Overwatch, merged in the late 2000s to become this entertainment conglomerate no more for their controversy than their games these days. The Blizzard side of this dynamic duo has been facing controversies left and right in the past weeks due to how they treat their employees. But it doesn't just stop at the controversies of the past few weeks as of recording. A few years ago, they're facing backlash due to laying off 800 employees after reporting record profits for the year. This is like 2018, 2019. 800 people getting laid off. And then another layoff occurred a couple years later, as of in March of 2021, of only around 190. So in a period of like two and a half years, they have laid off almost 1,000 people. That's insane. But... The mass layoffs of the workers must not have been enough for Blizzard, as this is where it's going to get deep, as harassment claims, sexual harassment claims, have exploded on the scene from everywhere in the past few weeks as of recording this episode. Claims of a frat bro culture at Activision Blizzard, and horrifying tales of women facing harassment from drunken dudes at work, and more. I don't want to get too deep into this, because you know what? It gets worse the more you read into it. I am I am serious right now. The more you read into these claims and stories, the worse it gets. And they're currently facing trial in the state of California right now for these really, really nasty mistreatments of their workers. And just when you thought that Activision Blizzard was nasty, really nasty to their employees, we gotta talk about Amazon. 
It's been known for years now that Amazon is not a good place to work. I would reference, you know, the jokes that pop up, the jokes and memes that pop up about employees attempting to, you know, use the bathroom while Lex Luthor, I mean, Jeff Bezos is in space when he went to space around a week and a half ago as of the recording of this episode. Amazon employees, man. When the warehouse workers are facing up to 14, 15 hour days, lack of benefits, they have to sacrifice their breaks, they can't go to the bathroom. Drivers and workers having to piss in bottles because they're given too much work to the point that they can't take a break. It's insane what you see these poor people have to deal with while they're working for Amazon. If you're at Amazon, you know what you've signed up for. You've read the tales, you've read the news, and I'm just going to be real. Let's hope that you have the largest, sturdiest bladder this side of the Mississippi. It's led to strikes, many, many strikes nationwide, and multiple attempts to unionize Amazon workers in the U.S., all shut down by the company. That's messed up. Really messed up, man. And to make matters worse for Amazon employees, the company doesn't appear to be changing its ways and its treatment of employees anytime soon. As long as people are lining old Jeffrey Bezos' pockets, nobody cares. Makes you feel bad. Makes you feel a little dirty. To just keep feeding into Amazon. It's not fun to watch what these poor warehouse workers have to deal with. You know, Activision Blizzard too. It's really hard that companies are doing this to people. Yeah. Alright. Step three is basically tarnish your legacy. What does that mean? Well, even if you've done so much good in the past, look to repeat offenders like Amazon, Activision Blizzard, Nintendo, companies like Google, EA, even Microsoft. After terrible actions will come terrible consequences and people thinking terrible things about you. Like even if Nintendo rebounds and makes excellent games again, they're still going to be remembered more for hating their customers, showing appreciation. Activision Blizzard, even if they somehow redeem themselves, they'll be remembered more for the terrible things they've done to their workers. To where they'll even taint their own legacy by remastering something beloved in PC gamer circles around the internet. And just crap all over your own legacy. And even if Amazon somehow manages to realize, you know, our workers are treated absolutely horribly and fixes that, they're going to be remembered for the years of torment they've put their workers through. Even with Google's data collection, EA's glorified gambling and loot boxes, these companies are going to be remembered more for the terrible things they've done rather than the good they bring, like with Nintendo, Activision, even EA. They make great games. Amazon and Google provide great services. But they're going to be remembered more for these terrible, terrible things that they've done. These are part of their identities now. And these companies and more have done just vile, vile things to their customers. 
to their users, to their employees, to all of us. So, in conclusion, to any aspiring business people out there, heed my warning. Don't run your business like this. Learn from the mistakes of the past and don't let history repeat itself. I didn't think anyone would walk into a variety comedy something podcast and walk out with a piece of big wisdom. What do you know? Well, to wrap it all up, everyone, we've learned something today. How a business can basically destroy itself with terrible decisions. And we've learned how to ruin a business in three easy steps. We walk out with more knowledge. We walk out with a better understanding of what not to do with a business. I'd also like to keep in mind that it's not every company on planet Earth that'll do this. There are definitely still companies doing some good out there. But, you know what? Enough said. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Recording in Progress. Tune in next week, where I'm going to talk about something much much more lighthearted and a lot more fun to talk about than this. What's it going to be? I don't know yet. I might just pull it from the middle of nowhere. I might just pull it from right next to me. I could talk about anything at this point. Maybe I'll just talk about food next week. Who knows? Anything's possible. Tune in next week to find out. Thank you once again for tuning in to Recording in Progress. <laughs>